Ni hao. Welcome back to the Panda Cup Stories podcast, stories told in Mandarin Chinese and English. This is episode 12 of our season 1 Chinese Myths and Legends. In our last episode, we saw a mutual rescue with Hai saving Mei from Sha and Mei saving him in return from the sea. Now that Mei and Hai have finally met each other, in human form that is, what's in store? We find out today with part six of Pearl, a Chinese mermaid story. P.S. This episode is our midway point. We are halfway through this long-form fairy tale. Let's get started. Chenzhu, Pearl, Diliuzi, Part 6, Di Shi Wu Zhang, Chapter 15. 月亮看到的那些事, what the moon saw. When Hai brought his fish to market, he would stop by the fabric stand. There, he and Mei would speak, sharing their day's news and laughing over shared memories. As they spoke, Mei continued to work on her embroidery. Under her fingers, shy young men and dancing maidens appeared, met, and fell in love. Mei and Hai often walked together after a shared dinner at Night Night's table. Overhead, a pale silver moon hung low in the sky. Night after night they walked, passing under tall trees with knotted bark and fat waxy leaves. In the sky, the moon's round face gradually waned, growing thinner and thinner until she disappeared completely. Mei and Hai continued to explore new paths and marveled over new landscapes. They passed under odd trees, whose branches were draped with silvery vines which hung willow-like to the ground. Red flowers, painted purple by moonlight, bloomed on these vines, for the moon had appeared once more. At first a bashful crescent, the moon had quickly lost her shyness, becoming full and bright once again. She smiled down at the two young lovers below, their heads bent toward each other. What are they whispering? The moon wondered. How I wish I knew. As Mei and Hai stepped slowly under trees hung with vines in moonlight, a breeze weaved through the branches and made their willow-like hangings sway. Mei raised a hand, brushing against them, a smile tugging at her lips. These odd vines reminded her of home of the kelp forests swing gently under the sea. How long had it been since she swam amongst the reefs? How long had it been since she had left her sisters? Hai walked slowly beside Mei, feeling the moonlight settle lightly around them. He glanced at her and saw a glimmer of sadness pass through her eyes. She had stopped, her hands now tracing the swaying vines, seemingly lost in thought. Hai stopped too, bent down, and retrieved a fallen blossom. It had four ruby red petals and gave off a honeyed perfume. Standing, flower in hand, Hai turned toward Mei. Sensing Hai's movement, Mei half turned to him and smiled. Seeing the blossom he held, her eyes creased further with merriment. She was laughing when Hai tucked the blossom into her hair. 
The sweet scent of rubied honey wove through the shadows of the trees as May and Hai started once again along their path. Like this they walked for two more moons, drinking in silver light from the evening stars and breathing in the scent of blossoming trees. A pretty penny. Autumn came and went. Winter arrived and the days grew shorter. The air cooled and blew briskness into the villagers' steps. High and May stepped together, quietly, along a seashore littered with half-broken shells. May had covered her linen tunic with a shawl of woven cotton. The bracelets grazing her wrists hung in quiet repose. The rose-colored pearl peeked out from under May's shawl. High's eyes lingered upon the rose-colored pearl. He sometimes wondered about the bracelets May wore, always wore, on her wrist. She never spoke of them, almost didn't seem to notice them. Yet, they clinked musically with every move she made. Hai puzzled over where they came from, where she came from. May never spoke of her past. Hai sometimes started to ask, yet could never quite bring the words to his lips. This day, as they walked along the seashore, May suddenly spoke. Hai, what's a pretty penny? She turned to look at him, her back facing the sea. It was nearing sunset, and a setting sun gilded her in gold. What's a pretty penny, and why do people like it so much? May thought back to the day she had spent, terrified and trapped, in Shah's wooden pail. She still remembered the high nasal laugh Shah had uttered as he imagined the price an exotic-looking rose carp could fetch him at the market. Hai turned to face May, too. He reached for her hand, and she laced her fingers through his. As she did so, the bangles at her wrist slid against each other, glinting in the sinking sun. Hai's eyes stopped on them for the briefest of moments, before meeting May's questioning eyes. 为什么想起问这个? Why do you ask? It's something I once heard, May answered. Hai looked at her for a few moments more, and then turned his head toward the sea. He spoke slowly, measuring his words out by the spoonful. A pretty penny is confused happiness. People often see this, Hai paused and reached into his pocket, drawing out two copper coins, and continued, as tokens to happiness. He rubbed the coins together between thumb and forefinger. Hai continued, Men have fought over strings of these. Many more have died for ambitions of silver and gold. Yet, he held the coins up. They shone dully in the dying sun. The penny is never pretty enough. I've seen men sink beneath the weight of greed. Hai placed the coins back into his pocket and gazed once more out to the sea. May turned toward the sea too and felt the warmth of Hai's hand in hers. They looked out 
together into the calm, undulating blue. 第十七章 Chapter Seventeen. 好运符 Good luck charm. Shah was having a wicked kind of day. 这一天过得很糟心 He'd woken in an evil mood when unwelcome rays of sunlight stung at his eyes. Shah reached for his drinking gourd, and his mood spiraled further when he found it empty. But for a few dregs of yesterday's wine, he threw it aside with a snort of disgust. Shah swiped the back of his hand over his nose, and then wiped a trickle of saliva from his mouth. He glowered towards his door, which was slightly open, and at the streets bathed in daylight. Shah cursed the daylight which had roused him. Had it been raining, he would have cursed the rain. Shah considered going to the market, and he glowered. The picture of a quiet young man came to mind. The one who always arrived at market before him. A hot bolt of annoyance shot from Shah's stomach to his feet. Hi, Ocean. Shah grunted in disgust. What a name! What were his full parents thinking to name the boy something so, so? Shah's clouded mind struggled to find the word. So poetic. It's no pity the fools had died. Hi, Shah said the name out loud, spitting it out as if it were a bad taste in his mouth. Hi, always at the market with the better fish, flaunting his straight-laced diligence in Shah's face. And now it seemed as if the boy had come into a good deal of luck, ever since he had cheated Shah out of his prize rose carp. Shah was working himself into a fury. 越想越气 He conveniently forgot that he'd gotten more than his fair trade that day. Yes, that rose carp was a good luck omen, and that boy had swindled it from right under Shah's nose. And that good luck didn't just bring good fishing; it had even landed the boy the prettiest maiden the village had ever seen. Shah licked his lips at the thought of pretty May. His mind began to spin. Whirling him further into a fantasy world. Yes, if he still had that rose carp, then that pretty wench would have been his. Shug roped around him and found his discarded gourd. He brought it to his mouth for a swig. Finding it empty still, he gave a grunt and headed out in search of more wine. 第十八章 Chapter Eighteen. 呼唤 The call. The day was cold, despite bright sunshine that blanketed the village streets. May was making tea for Night Night. She lifted the teapot and poured, watching pale wisps of steam curl up from the dark, fragrant liquid. As she poured, May thought of the eight moons she had already spent on land. She had grown to love this village, her life with Night Night, and the days. Moons she had spent with Hai, yet, 不过 something tugged inside her. A call May had yet to answer. Steam rose in swirls. May's bangles clinked wistfully. Night Night accepted the tea May poured for her, lifting the cup to breathe in its earthy fragrance. The old woman's eyes were closed, her wrinkled mouth smiling. She sipped at the tea. 
lips pursed in pleasure. Eyes still closed, and I spoke. You are sad, child. May said nothing to this, for she knew not what to say. She bent to refill the old woman's teacup. You should go to them. Their sea hearts call to you. May faltered, nearing spilling the tea. She glanced at Nainai, whose eyes were still closed. As if she felt May's gaze upon her, the old woman opened her eyes and looked steadily back at May. Despite cataract-clouded eyes, Nainai seemed to see her clear as day. Go, child, Chuba, for they wait. Nainai needn't have spoken twice. The blue curtain, which hung by the door, had already lifted and dropped back into place. May had gone. May hurried down the village streets, mind spinning with questions. How did Nainai know? What exactly did Nainai know? Sea hearts, May thought to herself. Nainai must be talking about my sisters. As May turned down a street corner, she sank even deeper into thought. Go, child, for they wait, Nainai had said. But her twelve moons on land were not yet up. Where could her sisters be waiting? Even as her mind formed this last question, May's heart answered. The bracelet sang with each step she took, and she moved swiftly. She was headed to the cave. As she hurried along, May did not see the all-too-familiar figure skulking not far behind her. Alright friends, that's our story for this week. We leave today's episode with a familiar scene. May, lost in her thoughts, and a shady, skulking Shah who, again, seems to be in the right place at the right time, or is it in the wrong place at the wrong time? As May hurries toward the secret cave where her seven sisters wait, Shaw slinks off after her. Will May's secret be discovered? Find out next Saturday in part seven of Pearl, a Chinese mermaid story. Subscribe to follow along. And of course, if you like our stories and want to support Panda and me in making more original content, please leave us a rating and a comment on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This will help enormously and earn you a giant xie and thank you. This episode was written and produced by Linda Yi. Chinese translations were provided by Zoe Lila, and multiliteracy advice provided by Kevin M. Wong.